welcome to Pacific Mammal Research's Marine Mammal Highlight Series. We are a research and education nonprofit studying marine mammals in the Salish Sea off Washington State. In these podcast episodes, you will learn about different marine mammals as we discuss the interesting facts about each species and debate which one we think is the best. Of course, we think all marine mammals are awesome. This is just our way to geek out, share some information, and have some fun. We hope you enjoy the series, and if you want to hear about a particular marine mammal, let us know in the comments. And without further ado. All right, welcome to our marine mammal highlight series. This is our second one. We're going to be doing um, seals and sea lions today, uh, otherwise known as pinnipeds. Pinniped means feather or winged foot because they have flippers instead of feet. Um, my name is Cindy Elliser. I am Kat McKeever, and you just get my voice today because internet is being a problem. <laughs> and I'm Trevor Deary. Right, and we are all part of Pacific Mammal Research. <clears throat> So we're going to have some fun today and kind of uh, discuss which one of the pinnipeds that we've chosen we think is the coolest. Um, so I'm going to be talking about the leopard seal. I will be talking about the Baikal seal. And I'll be doing the elephant seal. Cool. So we're going to start off with the leopard seal and then probably jump to the elephant seal maybe or I guess we went the other way around last time. Well, I mean, whichever would work if it's if it makes more sense for overlap to do the elephant yeah, seal. Yeah, there's some there's some link between the leopard seal and well, and the southern elephant seal. So it just depends on. The yeah, why don't we do that? <laughs> why don't we do that and then I'll go last? Okay, that's cool because I the bike kill seal. I was like, what? The, yeah, what I know it's so exciting. <laughs> okay, so the uh, leopard seal, uh, their Latin the Latin name is Hydruga leptonix, which is a mouthful. Um, but what that means is water, water worker and small clawed, which is interesting. Oh. Now the, <clears throat> they live, so it was funny, they live like, the first thing I found was 12 to 15 years, but then everywhere else I found was up to 25, like 25 years was the, the average. So interesting. Um, they have a, yeah, they have a pretty good long life, although they're pretty far out there. They live in the Antarctic, so they're not really bothered by a lot of things. <laughs> so perhaps that helps their longevity. Um, <laughs> they... Uh, well, I found very interesting. So they have the reason why they're called the leopard seal is because they have a black spotted coat, except there it's, it looks like a leopard. It's just gray instead of golden. Right. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and a lot of seals have been um, hunted close to extinction because of their pelts. Right. To get their fur. Right. But they haven't. Oh, that's interesting. Even, yeah. Even though they have a really cool coat. But I guess probably because they live in such a far away place. <laughs> Right, and they're pretty powerful. It might be hard to catch them too. To yeah, I'm sure and you'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, if you look at their face, you would want to run the other way. Yep. So they're they're terrifying. So leopard seals, the way that their faces are, the way their nostrils are, and they don't really have like a forehead. Um, it looks like a reptile. It looks like it's a yeah. snake on a seal's head, on a seal's body. Mm -hmm. It's really, and they have really big, sharp teeth, really creepy. <laughs> they're, they're the, le like, their coats are very beautiful, but I think their faces are just not. Do you want to talk a little bit about why that is, why that orientation is the way that it is in terms of their nostrils being, like, right up on the top of their nose bridge? Well, so the, I mean, most seals have their, their noses are, you know, upper a little bit more but is it because of the, where they're they are with the ice because i actually didn't yeah i think it's, it's basically so that they can poke their head up just to, like through a tiny little air hole in the ice right. and get a breath rather than trying to have to fit their whole head up to get a, a full breath of air the way that their noses are they can just poke the nose up 
Because if you had more sense. like a harbor seal where you had that kind of like larger the forehead front. and then curved down, you couldn't get your nose up, your head would get in the way. That's true. They could kind of find a tiny little ice crack. Right. So it's kind of an adaptation to where they live. Yeah. And they live, like I said, the Antarctic and subantarctic waters. Um, they basically, they don't, they're basically coastal. They don't go very far offshore. They only dive for about 15 minutes. Uh, that's their mm. longest dive time. Because um, they're not really going in after anything that's super deep. Um, so they, uh, but they will go up to, um, they've gone up to New Zealand. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but they've been seen on in South Africa, you know, the southern tip of South Africa, um, <clears throat> and a few other uh, places um, uh, you know, north of the Antarctic, but fairly south in the world. Um, so they eat, uh, they can get up to a thousand pounds, and they're about 10 feet long. So they're, they're pretty big, and they got a big reptilian head, and it's really creepy looking. Um, but they are very fierce predators. And again, like you said, if you look at their face, you're like, okay, thanks for, thanks for coming to the party. Um, so they have these big canine teeth for grasping really large prey, which is what really interesting is that they have trilobulated teeth for actually filtering krill. So they're one of the only seals that eats um, warm-blooded animals, like other seals, as they do and penguins. Um, most other seals eat fish, um, but they, all, they can also filter krill, which is what the large whales filter out and eat, the baleen whales. So I thought that was really interesting that they eat, they can basically filter feed and also prey on large, larger animals. That has to be one of the most diverse foraging methods yeah. amongst pinnipeds. Yeah, and they're the, they're the only ones that eat warm-blooded animals. Right. All the other seals eat fish and squid and things like that. So. Uh, really kind of interesting. Um, and so they are really, really good predators. Um, they will lay by the ice shelf and wait for penguins to jump in the water and then grab them really quickly. Um, so it, it, it puts a whole other spin on being a penguin and being like, I'm going for a dip or I'm going to go catch my food. Oh, I might be grabbed by a leopard seal in the moment. Um, they'll also grab seabirds from below the surface, too. Hmm. Um, and I found a story, um, they were saying that they'll play cat and mouse games with the penguins. Oh my gosh, really? We're, yeah, well, they'll, they'll cut off their route back to shore. Wow. And we don't know why. They're just like, ha I can do this, and you can't get back. <laughs> and do they, do they, does that always result in a capture attempt, or? Uh, I don't, they didn't explain that part, but they were, they were theorizing that it would be um, some kind of play or like learning how to learning behavior, yeah. Right, learning learning how to forage, learning how to you know deal with the, the slippery penguins. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but when they grab the penguin, they take it and then they shake it back and forth to to basically flense it. So they rip it until the skin falls off. Wow. Yeah, they're pretty nuts. <laughs> kind of like a dog, almost like a dog will just shake something. Yeah, to just death. shake back it's and very forth. Very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, so they are pre they're really crazy. Um, and but there has been there's only been one um, human and leopard seal fatality, like a, the leopard seal killed a human. Um, so despite the fact that they're seemingly very fierce, that doesn't really um, they're not that aggressive. Um, that one uh, was a, a, a someone was a researcher was snorkeling in the Antarctic, which blows oh, my mind. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Oh yeah, I like I hadn't heard the story, but like I'm like I mean I guess you could snorkel with the wet wetsuit on, but okay, in the Antarctic. Um, but yeah, she was saying it, and this leopard seal grabbed her and took her took her down, and she drowned. I believe. Gotcha. Yeah, but that's the only one. So then there was um, Paul Nicklin, who's a very famous photographer, um, and uh, he's done some amazing stuff. Um, but he, I remember this story. He was out and filming in the Antarctic, and this leopard, this female leopard seal, came up and kept bringing him live and dead penguins. Oh my like, gosh! Here, you look famished. You, you are not a good predator. <laughs> Here's some food for you. Please eat, eat. That's amazing. So, you know, it, it, this, sure we just don't know a lot about these guys because they live in such a remote area. Sure. Um, they, uh, what was some of the things? Oh, the only um, uh, predators they have are killer whales that they know of, and then they theorize that sharks will eat them as well, some okay. of the larger ones there. Um, they can swim up to 25 miles an hour. Wow, so that's jump. really fast. Yeah, so they can jump out of the water and grab prey at the edge. Yeah, of the they ice. can launch themselves onto the ice pretty easily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> As if the reptilian head wasn't scary enough when it's just standing there. Right, a torpedo coming out of the water. <laughs> Imagine being a penguin and be like, oh my god, no. Right? Wow, that's so cool. Um, they um, they have uh, they actually sing. It's almost like humpback whales. They sing, they hang upside down and rock side to side in the water, the males do. Wow, is that like attracting females? They think so. Again, they don't really know sure. too much, but yeah, likely breeding behavior. Crazy. So I was like, well, that's cool. Seals are way more vocal underwater than I thought they were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of them, a lot of species are more so underwater than they are on land, except for sea lions, of course, the like yeah. California sea lions <laughs> loud everywhere. Um, but it, it, with harbor seals too, it's, it's, they're, they're more likely to call underwater than they are above water, which is interesting. Um, they mate in the water, unlike other Antarctic seals, uh, but they pup and nurse on the ice. Um, so those are the, uh, oh, the other thing is their, their flump flippers are really long um, compared to other seals. So most seals have the really short stubby forefront, uh, fore flippers, mm -hmm. um, but they have longer ones, almost similar, not quite as long as sea lions, but to be able to swim up to 25 miles an hour underwater yeah <laughs> very makes sense very smoothly do you want to um, quickly just so everyone knows what we're talking about in terms of seal versus sea lion do you want to just quickly describe the difference between a true seal and a, and a sea sure. lion so uh, uh was the the, the bacal seal is bacal uh, seal is a seal is a seal okay so we're talking today we're talking all about true seals <clears throat> so there's eared seals and true seals so Basically, the biggest difference is that true seals don't have outer ear flaps. They have just a hole in their, on the sides of their heads. It's their ear. But the sea lions and fur seals, I know it's confusing, um, have the outer ear flap. Um, the other difference is that seals can't, uh, sea lions can, and fur seals can tuck their hind legs underneath them or their hind flippers um, and walk on land. Whereas seals do um, kind of an flail inchworm. around. Yeah, they, they can't do that. They just kind of do the worm as my, my yeah. son would say. So I just wanted to make that distinction just because when talking about the flippers and stuff, one of the things with right. uh, sea lions and fur seals, because they can tuck their hips under and kind of prop themselves up on their front flippers, they actually will use those to propel themselves along. So that's also a thing with the, the flipper size. If the phocids, the true seals don't do that. So that's another reason why they have like the shorter, yeah, shorter I always think of they don't have to use it for um, propulsion on land. Yeah, I always think of the true seals as like T-Rexes. <laughs> they have tiny little hands that they can't really do anything with. 
They can use them to swim when they're underwater, but yeah, on right. land it looks pretty ridiculous. So, okay, cool. Just wanted yeah. to make that. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my last thing about the leopard seals, which is I think one of the funniest stories that have come out of marine mammal uh, research, uh, is the uh, jump drive. Oh yeah, story. So they collect uh, leopard seal scat, so poop, right? Lots of us researchers like to collect poop because you can tell a lot about an animal from their poop. Um, so they, they have volunteers that go out and collect poop um, when they see it um, on New Zealand because um, New Z they, there is a group of, or a certain amount of, of leopard seals that are actually resident to New Zealand. Um, and that's just come out this last couple of years. Our, our friend um, and colleague, Krista Hupman, Dr. Krista Hupman, um, has basically pioneered this research there and showed that through photo ID that these leopard seals are, are living in New Zealand year round, not just coming up during this uh, certain time of year. Um, so they were trying, they're trying to learn more about them. They're doing photo ID and they're asking people to pick up their scat. So they picked up a scat in 2017, someone sent it in and they put it in the freezer because you know we oftentimes don't get to stuff right away when uh, with, with so much stuff we have to research. So it was unfrozen in 2019 and they found a USB stick in the poop. <laughs> And it was embedded in the poop. So it wasn't like you picked it up with the poop. It was in the poop. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, well, I don't know. And they took it out and they cleaned it up and they put it in and it worked. It had been eaten by a leopard seal, pooped out, frozen for almost two years, and still worked. So whatever and brand of USB stick, <laughs> buy that one apparently because it's really hardy. <laughs> that should be put on their, you know, advertising. Um, and so they, they put it on social media. They, they had a bunch of pictures of somebody's vacation. And within a day, they found out who it was and was able to send their, their <laughs> USB stick back. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it. So that's why leopard seals are cool because they have really reptilian heads and they look very scary and they uh, eat USB sticks, <laughs> which is also not a good thing because, um, it, you know, they're eating plastic. This is my son, Ben. Um, so they are, you know, even in the Antarctic and down there, they're getting plastic in them. So that's the other side of that story. True, but at least he pooped it out. Right. Yeah. And so if we want to link to the leopards, to the elephant seals, so the, um, the leopard seal is the second largest seal. And the largest one is? The southern elephant seal. I mean, right. specifically two species of elephant seals, which actually kind of just recently found out but like the northern versus southern hemisphere species essentially mm -hmm. so i think the southern i'll just kind of like group the two species as one, as one yeah yeah they're, they're uh, really similar they're just ones yeah the just ones basically the size <laughs> <laughs> um i think the southern range is primarily antarctica and we'll kind of do similar sightings with the leopard seal to go up to new zealand and i think parts of south america mm-hmm Versus the northern population is pretty much more spread out from Alaska all the way down to Mexico. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But then more concentrated in California for breeding. Gotcha. So obviously we have the northern species up here. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, the coolest part of them is just the extremes that they exhibit mm. compared to every other seals based on like size, like their diving, their sexual dimorphism. They're kind yeah, of like the Guinness Guinness World Record holders of most of the marine mammal stats, I think, for like yeah. diving and distance and all this kind of stuff. It's like these guys are okay. Yeah. <laughs> Extremophiles. <laughs> yeah. The largest they're up to like four thousand pounds, forty four hundred pounds, something like yeah. that. 
they recorded a female going 7,800 feet underwater. Oh my gosh. Antarctica. That's crazy. Yeah. I just, I think they like are really adapted for deep dives too. I was reading about their spleen and how they previously like compress and then they oh. can slowly dissipate their oxygen mm-hmm. from the red blood cells to the oh, body. Oh, that makes sense. Right. Like, Make it last longer. An hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just the sexual dimorphism too is pretty crazy. Yeah. Talk about that. Talk about the males. Yeah. <laughs> so females will get up to, I think, around a thousand pounds, maybe a little more in special cases. But then the males, I know the southern populations can get up to like eight or 9,000 pounds. Oh, they're that big? Because yeah. like the, fem- the, the northern, northern elephant seals is like 4,500, like 4,400, something yeah. like that. So the southern are huge. Yeah. I don't there know. Were, imagine, of, again, these are, these are seals, so they yeah. can't really walk on land. So it's like, 8,000 pounds of just like bleh. Have seen the video of the elephant seal in New Zealand just slamming the truck? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the size of the truck and just like ramming the truck with its I'd, I'd put my money on the elephant seal. I think the truck's Yeah, I'd be, I'd be terrified to be in that vehicle. <laughs> Apparently it's a oh new like the one we have, but it was <laughs> a new that's crazy. Um, let's see, what else do they do? Well, oh, they yeah, talk the about the, the male, the trunk, why they're called elephant seals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's mainly just used for sounds, like for grunts and basically sexual display. Basically it's basically like a big megaphone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, like it amplifies the sound, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they've got, if you haven't seen them, we should link to, um, actually I was thinking that we could link to some pictures and stuff like that within the, um, within the video here. So you guys can have a visual while we're talking about them. But yeah, you'll see it's got like this crazy, it looks kind of like an elephant trunk. The males having, um, kind of coming out of the front of their, where their nose would be. That's part of their nose. I think they can inflate it a bit as well. Yes, they can. Yeah. It's an inflatable one. Yeah. And the females don't have it. So the females look, I, I think they're pretty pretty, but then the males are uh, good looking. Man, manly looking? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> sure it's attractive if you're an elephant seal. <laughs> the thing about them too is that they are hardly ever on land really. Mm-hmm. I think they're really only on land to molt and breed, but I think I saw 80% of the time of their lives are like out in the open ocean. Yeah, right. I've read like eight to nine months at sea and they yeah. come yeah. out to it. Like the molting takes about, molting is when they lose their fur. But they actually go through a catastrophic molt, which means they lose right. their upper layer of skin. So it literally looks it like they're falling like apart. Like yeah. 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 So it, it takes, um, uh, that takes at least six weeks. So, and then they got to mate and stuff like that. So yeah, probably about two, three months that they're near land. And otherwise they're like, bye-bye. And once mm-hmm. mom has a pup too, she doesn't stay, she doesn't stay around very long. Mm-hmm. I think they only keep their pups for about four weeks. Yeah, and so it's the same thing with the leopard seals. The lactation was a month. Yeah. Wow. I saw their fat is, or their milk is 50% fat after a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. So they like the, the, cold, the colder seals tend to have much shorter lactation times. There, I forgot which seal it is, but there's one that it lactates for like, it's three days. <laughs> Right. I mean, like, right. And it's like, a massive you know, milk, milk has to be, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here you go. Here's like 80% milk fat and you're on your way. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. I wish we had more of them here. I mean, we have the, the four, you know, the ones that the nuisance individuals that we have here. <laughs> the nuisance family. <laughs> yeah. We have the, uh, 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 Ellie and her offspring. Elsie, yeah, so- Allison, 
Eloise, I think, is the other one. Eloise is the new one. Yeah, it's it's Ellie, and then uh, Ellison is the old the oldest male uh, son, and then there's Elsie May, who comes up to our study area, and then the new baby Eloise, who got bit by a coyote, but I think is doing okay. Yeah, yeah she's they, doing better. They, yeah. yeah, I'm sure some people watching this know who Elsie is too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Elsie May likes people a little bit too much. Um, she's crashed some weddings and a few other things. Um, I'm obviously just very curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the only one to, to uh, or the first one to pop, uh, Ellie is the first one to pop on Whidbey in decades. I mean, I, I don't even know. Yeah. If, I think that somebody had done it before, but. I just saw too that there's this very, really small breeding population out by Race Rocks. Oh, right. I thought it was still our sea lions, but I guess they have like documented individuals out there. That oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I guess so, that makes sense because, like, well, I was like, where is she going to find her man? <laughs> yeah, it must be there, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. That's, yeah. I've yeah. only seen the one other elephant seal in Washington. That was a couple years ago, a male swimming mm -hmm. in the water, but that was it. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, they're the only elephant seals I've ever seen here. It's yeah. like, and all on the posters of like, you know, what's in the Sailor Sea? It shows elephant seals, but I'm like, uh, okay, where? Yeah. <laughs> Never see them. Same one says like sperm whale too. Like, eh. yeah. Well, there was that right. one a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the juvenile it was like, I have no idea where I am. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so yeah. elephant seals are pretty neat. They have, they have like you said, as Kat said, extremophiles. Very right. extreme lives. So uh, Kat, we, well, so we talked about the, um, Leopard seal and the elephant seal, and so no cat. You're going to talk about the bical seal. Bical. Yeah. So this is probably one of the weirder seals that a lot of people may not have heard of. So basically, the bical seal is the world's only freshwater seal. So all other seals basically live in the ocean or marine environments. Um, the only other exceptions are, I guess, there are a couple of subpopulations of ringed seal, which I'll, I'll get to why that's relevant. Really? Um, yeah, they can they can exist in fresh freshwater. I think they actually go back and forth. Oh, um, and I know that there are other phocids that can go up into like rivers and estuaries for a short period of time, but they don't live there. They'll just go up there to like chase food up there and then come back. Right. Is the is the buckel, is that one that it got it got basically trapped there, and so then they. That's what they think. So basically, okay. yeah, Lake Baikal is um, in kind of the it's in like the russian part of siberia so it's just north of mongolia we'll have a map on here for for your viewing pleasure so you can actually <laughs> see where that is <laughs> but it's um it's kind of it's one of the lakes that you actually may have heard of because it's pretty weird um it's the world's largest lake by volume and the deepest lake so it oh. is i think at the maximum depth it's over 1600 meters deep which is like five and a half thousand feet deep at its deepest point okay. yeah yeah a little, um, a little deep and so basically it's a big crescent shape and um it was like apparently it was actually an ancient rift valley that got flooded basically oh, okay. uh which is partly why they think it's so so deep is that it was in fact at some point like a valley um and it's also apparently one of the clearest lakes in the world so its visibility is Ooh. is like incredible and is very rich in oxygen which is pretty cool um, so because it has such a high oxygen content and the clarity of the water means that sunlight can penetrate fairly deep down into the water, it's actually a really, really rich biodiverse lake mm. um, and supports a really diverse ecosystem. So the seals, the Baikal seals 
cuttingly named because they live in Lake Baikal. Um, they, they're thought to be um, ancestors of ringed seals. Um, so that's why they think there may be some crossover with maybe those subpopulations of ring seals who can also can survive in, in right. right, exactly. Hmm. Um, and they were thought that they reached Lake Baikal by traveling upriver systems and drainage systems that ran from the lake to the Arctic Ocean during the Pleistocene era, and then basically yeah. got trapped. Hmm. Okay. They're um, small, I'm sorry? They're fairly small. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty, I mean, they're wait till you see the pictures you guys they're so cute they're pretty <laughs> round because they're you know they're very well, uh I think, the, I think the ring seal is the smallest I, I i was gonna say i think i'd have to look that up but, i'm pretty um, sure it is because i think i remember putting that in a i know they're one of the smallest ones but they're pretty fat so i'm not sure if they would count as the actual smallest um but basically, these guys are, are at this point in, in time, they are now confined to the lake. Um, they, can, they can get a little way up some of the tributaries in, uh, of the lake, but other than that, they're pretty much, that's the only place that they're found in the world. Yeah, the, the ring seal is the smallest. Okay, gotcha. And, so this, the book, again, and then the other one on there, like when you look it up, it, the Bacal seals comes up as one of the first things. Okay, it's the, yeah. It's so again, kind of another, yeah. another link to them being related, I guess. Um, so what I thought was really interesting is that it seems like they sort of have um, specific niches within the lake system that they utilize, which is really cool. Hmm. Um, so they're primarily found in the north and central parts of the lake. And it said that, um, you know, they'll, they'll kind of do a migration towards the south as because the, the lake does get covered in ice because it's in okay. Siberia. Um, okay. So it, that gets covered in ice over the winter season. And so they, they will kind of migrate south um, as the ice accumulates. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting. And then they, they also can, it seems like they will segregate spatially based on age. So you find oh. more full grown adults in the north and more juveniles and young kind of farther south. Huh. Which I guess kind of makes sense in terms of temperature, but it's also just kind of fascinating to me. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you don't always hear like there's usually age segregation, but it's not generally geographic, it's social. Right. <laughs> And especially within a lake system like that's just yeah. that's really i mean that's kind of unique anyway but it just i don't know i thought well i you know because i was thinking about that with the you know being the biggest lake and the, from you know us in the u.s it, you think of the great lakes right and how big like like michigan and, and superior and all them are well, that's the thing so it's not necessarily the biggest spatially it's in terms of water volume and depth so it's oh. not like the longest it's not the widest it's not any of that well, stuff but it's so, like it's, yeah, it's still gonna be pretty big though. But the point was that the that like in Lake Michigan, it's almost like being out in open water because yeah. it's very dangerous because there's wind. You know, it's, it acts like an ocean rather than a lake. And so, yeah, if that's it's true, yeah, that those that if it is fairly big, then you could have differences in temperature and ice cover and all that stuff on a lake which you wouldn't normally think of because you don't think of lakes as being that big. But when right, are, and again, I think in this case, instead of being um, distance of the lake, it would be more like the depth differences, right. presumably that would that would cause that difference in temperature. And just the again, farther south you get, the warmer generally it would be. Um, right. Fun fact though, the lake itself contains, like volume wise, contains more water than all the Great Lakes combined. What? Since you mentioned the Great Lakes, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you also get a geography yes. lesson today, folks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so some more stuff about the seals. Um, so they predominantly feed on pelagic fish 
found in the lake. Um, and they actually so have pelagic, pelagic means like open water. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they have really big eyes. So basically, <laughs> they think that that's just, I mean, they're, they're what big just, eyes you have. They're just ridiculous. <laughs> like they're they're like these big, round, huge eyed. Like they they look like cartoon seals. I mean, they're adorable. <laughs> um, but they think that they have enlarged eyes to forage for fish deeper in the lake because again, there's great water clarity. So they actually can see far, you know, at depth. Right. But they think that they've evolved these larger eyes to do that. Do you know if they have like a substantial more or like a larger amount of rods than cones? That's a, that was something the elephants see too. Um, the elephants have a certain amount of rods because they're so deep searching for like potential bioluminescence. Oh, so oh, they, gotcha. only, they only need the black because the rods are black and white. Walk, yeah, right. Black and white. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't see anything yeah. about that, but that might be that might be true. I don't know. I didn't see anything about that's really cool though. Yeah, I guess it depends. Like, yeah, if you're going really deep, you really have no need for color. Right. right. But I mean, again, I guess because in the lake, then the water clarity is so good, light does penetrate farther than one may think right. in an right. ocean system I mean, at the same time. I guess I'd be surprised that there's much bioluminescence in the lake, too, versus. Right. Blue. Yeah, possibly. Hmm. Um, very cool, though. I didn't know that. That's really yeah. interesting. Interesting. Um, so, predominantly, like I said, they mostly feed on fish, um, and they do actually spend most of their time underwater foraging. So, that's kind of their main activity state, it seems like. Um, females give birth to their young and in um, layers that they will carve out of the snow and ice. Um, so they'll actually, so that's usually around kind of like mid-February ish. Um, and so there's still a bunch of ice, ice cover basically so they can carve enough space out of there to kind of be on land to have the pups. And that will give them protection too from things like eagles and wolves and that type of thing that are native to that area and are probably their biggest threats. Um, mm -hmm. So again, they have slightly different threats than marine mammals would to some degree, because you're not talking about like orcas going after them, which is one <laughs> of the main predators of seals and marine mammals. Um, and also another fun fact, they have one of the highest rates of having twins of any pinniped. Oh. So it's up to 4% of births are twins that survive. Oh, because yeah, because I mean, in general, twins in marine mammals is fairly rare because it's just that it's it's that it's very taxing to have a baby <laughs> and exactly. survive. So to have two of them at the same time is pretty not going to happen. So yeah, so um, I mean, it's still a small percentage, but compared yeah. to all other pinnipeds, that's actually pretty high. Yeah, I would say four percent is pretty high comparatively. Yeah, so that yeah. was really cool. Um, well, I mean, I want, and I wonder it, because they have less. It's a little bit less stressful because they're isolated and they don't have the open ocean to deal with, maybe? I guess so. I mean, just in terms of the, um, I guess, like the buffeting and the conditions, I mean, aside from the freezing yeah. temperatures, the conditions that the pups would have to be out and you're not talking about, you know, huge waves um, right. crashing around you and stuff like that. It would probably be easier to swim in the lake itself. Um, right. But they do, <laughs> I mean, they're, oh, go ahead. Uh, do you remember, sorry, I'll finish, let you finish your thought after this, but do you know what their main source of food was, like the species-wise of fish? Species of fish? Um, most of the ones that I was seeing had just pelagic fish listed. I just, but... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I remember one of my classmates did their senior project on the on the seal, mm -hmm. and they were actually seeing how overfishing is affecting their population. In the lake. Yeah. Well, I can't species it was, but I think they did see that the population was going down due to overfishing. Yeah, I I could see that. So well, that is one of the main things that. Um, so let's see. The main species of fish in Lake Baikal are the ones that are sought by anglers, include include 
black grayling, European perch, pike, bullhead, sturgeon. Um, so I can let you know on that actually. That I like I said, um, yeah, they were kind of just specifically like, oh, various species of fish. Um, but yeah, so that is, I mean, one of the main threats to this specific seal are people, basically. Um, so obviously, because they live in a lake and they're trapped, they have been hunted quite consistently throughout time. Um, and especially in those more northerly parts of the world, a lot of times seals are hunted for their pelts, for food. Um, they'll use the blubber for uh, lamps and, and oil and stuff like that. So that's consistently been one of their main predators is, is people. Um, the other main thing that these guys have a problem with is um, morbillivirus, which mm. is found in many pinniped populations around the world. Um, but for these guys, because they are in close proximity to canine species, mm. um, infections were likely due to canine distemper virus outbreak. Right. Um, in the terrestrial mammals in the area that then was spread to the seals, which then it becomes focine distemper virus. Um, yeah, anytime so, you have marine mammals close to domesticated animals, you have the possibility of these zoonotic diseases where they can jump species. And that's, correct. like you said, that sort of focine distemper virus came from. Yeah, and does canine distemper virus, did that also affect wild canines or is it, is it only domesticated ones? I don't know. Like, could that come from wolves? It's a good question. I would assume it could because they're still relatively similar. You know, they're your descendants. And they would also be in contact with domestic dogs, so. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, yeah. either way, these guys are um, one well, of, you got, one of the species. And then you got climate change, seal. right? Yeah, and then climate change, obviously. So, the, yeah, so basically the, you know, the... Um, Orbella virus and distemper virus are two of the main causes of death of these guys hunting. Um, and then, yeah, basically like all Arctic species and more northern latitudes, um, climate change is a huge impact. And especially for these guys, because of the lake system itself, it is mm -hmm. deep. So the temperature increase as thing, you know, as the area warms, as the, the weather patterns change, the temperature increase in the lake may actually not be as drastic because it is so deep. That, that cold water at depth is still present right but you are talking about at least probably the top two meters to three meters getting quite a bit higher and then obviously like ice coverage is going to change drastically so for the females especially because they build these layers to protect themselves and their young when they're pupping if you don't have ice coverage to build a layer in you're you're basically just having to then pup in the open and then eagles and, and hawks and wolves and other canines could very easily come and snatch your babies away. Right. And especially because seals, and, and they have, have to, nothing to build. Yeah. And the and seals, because they still generally feed while they're nursing, they have to leave the pups before they can swim on right. land. So if they're just open, then it's a smorgasbord for other animals. Yeah. And it is interesting too, with these guys, with the, with the, people aspect of this because they do have both subsistence and commercial hunting that's allowed in the area oh. but then you also get poaching so people who are doing it even though it's legal they are doing it under the radar and taking more than you're you know you're allowed wow. to so right. yeah so but like i said i mean they're just they're such a cool little critter and they're absolutely adorable so i mean <laughs> well you know, and it, what, <laughs> what i found was uh, interesting too is that since they're related to the ring seal um 
is the, the evolutionary part of it where mm -hmm. so the ring seal can go into freshwater which means they had the you know the genes in right. their you know dna they have the ability to do that and so when when that population got stuck then it could survive but if that had happened to Correct. another seal they right, would they have may survived. have just completely died off they had yeah, yeah they would have had to have that gene you know or some number of genes that allows them to to thrive and and allow and survive in fresh water. So, it's kind of lucky that it happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically the bicarb seal is really weird and very <laughs> cool. But yeah, so I mean, like I said, there are other populations of pinnipeds that can be in fresh water, but the bicarb seal is the only one in the world that only lives in fresh water, has no exposure to the marine environment whatsoever. Yeah, like so we have seals and sea lions out here that they will you know, we see them up the river sometimes trying to go get fish. Exactly. Stuff, but they don't exactly. So yeah, I mean they can they can be in Yeah, the Columbia, yeah. Yeah. And they can be in rivers and it doesn't, you know, they're fine, but it just they obviously don't live there. So right. yeah. So that's my seal. Very cool. Yeah. So we've got the cool bacal seal who lives only in freshwater, which is weird. And then we have the elephant seals who are the extremophiles <laughs> that can do all the crazy <laughs> stuff and hold all the records. And then we have the leopard seal, which is just scary looking like a reptile creepy. and creepy. Yep. And kind and, of an evolutionary throwback. Right, exactly. Like you throw back to the old days, the OG, and, <laughs> <laughs> and can eat um, jump drives and have them survive. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> They're all pretty so like I said, awesome we're going to have pictures of all of those guys on here for you to look at so you can see what we're talking about while we're talking about them and have a cool visual. Um, and the other thing is we also will be doing, and we have the first one up from our first marine mammal highlight series. Um, we have Cindy's Choice Narwhals. Uh, we have a blog post about each of our animals too. So that will give you a little bit more in-depth reading about each of them. Obviously, we just have a short period of time here to talk about them all. But if you want to know more and read in more detail, um, check out our website, www.pacmam.org, and all of our blog posts are on there, so you can read more about all of these animals on there. Cool, all right, well, um, we'll be excited to get a couple new cetacean species or uh, pinniped species, not sure which one we're gonna do. Um, next time, but we'll find some cool ones to talk about and we will see you then. This was brought to you by Pacific Mammal Research, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Each species we discuss has their own write-up in our blog. Head to our website, www.pacmam.org, that's P-A-C-M-A-M.org, to check it out. Also, help us continue providing fun and educational content like this by donating today. Your help is how we can continue to do our work and share it with you. Thanks!